0: You are listening to an audio broadcast from the Charlottesville Vineyard Christian Church. Okay, I've got a question, a a few questions to start out this morning. Um, Does anybody here think that God cares more about us spending 30 minutes a day reading scripture, or does he care more about uh, our relationship with him? What do you think? Is it the 30 minutes a day in scripture or our relationship with him? Relationship. Oh, good. All right. Good. We're on the same page. Uh, do you think God cares more about us singing a certain number of worship songs every week or about us having a truly worship-filled relationship with him? What do you think? Is it singing the songs, going through the routine, or is it the worship-filled relationship with him? All right. Not as much agreement on that, but we're getting there. <laughs> you could say B, A or B. Okay, the third question, last question. Do you think God cares more about us attending a church meeting every week or about our relationship with him? B. B. All right, I, I tend to agree. Now, I, I would say that all these things are good things, right? Uh, worshiping, uh, attending church meetings, being in, in the fellowship of other believers. Um, and what was the other one I said? Oh, uh, reading your scripture. Right, Those are all good things. Those all enhance our relationship with God. But I think it's pretty clear that uh, God's intention is for us to build a strong relationship with him. And I think any of those practices... Um, the the things that we do in our lives to better our relationship with God or or um, better our relationship with His church with fellow believers those are all really good things but ultimately we don't want to lose sight of the purpose of those things and that is to build a relationship with God to glorify Him to honor Him and that's the sort of thing that He cares more about than the actual do's and don'ts right the the the, the, the practices and steps that we can take is that fair yeah. Okay, because I'm going to start there. That's my premise. And if we don't agree with that, then uh, we should probably just take a break. And <laughs> Okay. Um, and I would say that don't we sometimes have a tendency to make it about uh, the practices over against the relationship? I mean, has anybody here ever, ever done that in your life? Like, yeah, you just sort of get into a routine, and it becomes more about the routine than it does about your relationship with God. That does happen. It's just something that God did in creation uh, or something in the fall or somewhere along the lines there, we kind of got into that mode of of routine and uh, making other things our our God or worshiping other things more than God himself. Fair enough? Okay. Well, great. I would say, again, that God cares infinitely more about our relationship with him than he does about those things. If you look at... And I don't have this up front here, but if you if you do have scripture with you, you're welcome to turn with me to Mark chapter 12, verses 32 to 34. Now, Jesus is in a conversation here with another teacher of the law. We don't know a lot about this particular teacher, but they're having a little bit of dialogue. He's been sort of verbally sparring with some of the others, um, the Pharisees, Sadducees, that sort of thing. And then this teacher, and you get, these, you get the feeling that this teacher is a pretty wise guy, like maybe one of the more senior... Uh, or or more knowledgeable of the teacher of the law. And uh, let's see. So we pick up on verse 32. It says, Well said, teacher, the man replied, referring to Jesus. You're right in saying that God is one, and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Remember, that was pretty important back then, the burnt offerings and sacrifices. So, this relationship with God is more important than all the burnt offering, offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said, to the, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So clearly, Jesus puts the priority on the relationship with God, on loving God, on that relationship with him, over against, again, those very important and, and helpful practices of, of Christian living, so to speak. Our God, at the very basic level, is a relational God, simply stated. And not only does he care about our relationship with him, but he cares about our relationships with each other. We're beginning a new series on relationship. Could you have guessed? Does that seem consistent with what I've been talking about here? Um, yeah, so we've been, Megan and I have been talking about this for quite some time. And, you know, we think about the importance of, you know, we we emphasize quite a bit here at Vineyard the, the importance of community, of, of being together, of relating to one another, and being a support, being encouragement to one another. So if you think about community at that sort of larger level, this is groups of people together, uh, what makes up, what's the core fiber of community? It's, it's relationship, right? I mean, you wouldn't have community without the relationships that make up all those little lines that connect us. You wouldn't have community without those lines that connect us, and those lines are relationship. So we wanted to take a few weeks, I guess the next four weeks or so, and um, spend some time real practically just going through relationship, friendship. You know, what does it look like? Why Why has God call us to it? Um, uh, what are some practical things we can do to engage in relationship? Those sorts of things. A you know, real practical series, hoping that uh, that our vision of being a community full of deep, meaningful, um, life-giving relationships, um, hoping that that occurs within Vineyard. I, I know that one series isn't necessarily going to do that, and I know that many of us already have those within our community, but we're hoping and praying uh, and trying to create space and, and uh, make it possible for us to engage in that level of relationship with each other. Uh, that's why we do things like small groups, um, men's group, women's group, you know, those sorts of things. It's why, you know, as, as Megan and I had talked uh, several weeks ago at our annual meeting, one of the big goals for 2010 is to, is to uh, cultivate a very healthy, vibrant, thriving small group community. And, and when we say small group, I don't mean just the, uh, you know, the Wednesday night group, um, we're talking about men's group, women's group. We're talking about a hiking club or whatever we want, you know, but just small groups of people that are getting together on a regular basis, caring for each other, looking after each other, getting into scripture, those sorts of things. So that's why we care so much about those is because those are foundational. We believe in a church community to, to building those relationships that, that uh, God points us to and that um, we know we need deep down. I guess I should have gone to the title slide. There we go. (laughs) Friends. Can't live without them. That's the name of the series. So sometimes, yeah, I struggle for names of series, but this one I felt pretty good about. (laughs) Okay, so let me just talk a little bit more about relationship in general, then I'll get into uh, the first, first big step that we should take, real practical step that we should take in order to build relationships and friendships. Okay, so um, let's just say at at a relational level or or relationship in general, that scripture is chock full of references to relationship. I I had a friend um, several years back who uh, was leading a small group, and they did a study on um, one another. They looked up all the, the terms in Scripture, all the phrases in Scripture that said one another, and did a study in their community, in their small group, uh, on what Scripture says about how we treat one another. You know, there's love one another, there's sacrifice for, you know, those sorts of things. Um, again, Scripture is just chock full of bits and pieces on relationship. Uh, in fact, um, it's probably the second most uh, emphasized thing in Scripture behind, behind loving God himself. and and pursuing him. So, a part of it, I think, is that we're, um, and I think I have slides here, relationship, why bother? Well, we're actually made, we're created to be in relationship, right? God created us as relational beings. In the same way that we see at the beginning of scripture in Genesis, um, God uh, speaks to himself in plural form. I always thought that was odd until I sort of understood, okay, Trinity, okay, they're, All right, gotcha. Um, But yeah, God at his very core, the the doctrine, if anybody's familiar with the doctrine of Trinity or the idea of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, God is a relational being at the very core, and we're created in his image, right? Everybody heard that phrase, you're created in his image? Uh, And if we're created in his image, then we're created as relational beings as well. So number one, why relationship? Why bother? Because we're created. We're made for it. We're made for relationship. Number two, uh, we learn to relate well with him as we learn to relate well with others. Right? So we learn to relate well with God as we learn to relate with others. Now, if you think about it, um, <clears throat> if we are generally impatient with other people, whether it's at work, school, wherever it may be, uh, if we're just generally an impatient person around other people, then there's probably a degree of impatience that we have with God whether it's conscious or subconscious, you know, you ask him for help. It doesn't seem like it's happening. Oh God, you anger me. You know, so we're impatient, right? If we're emotionally closed off to other people, then we're probably a little bit emotionally closed off to God. Or if we're free to be ourselves with others, you know, just be yourself, just put yourself out there. If, you, if you're one of those that's, that's okay with doing that in front of other people, then you're probably pretty free with God in that way. So again, our relationship with others often reflects our relationship with God. And I think that as we continue to, to build our ability to relate well to other people in, in healthy ways, then we'll reflect that dynamic with, with God. Does that make sense? Oh, okay, a couple head nods. Awesome. Maybe we should turn the lights on. What do you think? <laughs> All right, third thing. Last, um, God often relates to us through others. So the third reason why, uh, why we should bother with relationship is God often uses other people to relate to us. So if you think about last time you felt really down. And somebody, a, a friend came up to you and gave you a hug and said, I care, I love you, that sort of thing. And it's just like, oh, such a breath of fresh air to feel that encouragement and that support from somebody, right? That's the way God works. He often works through other people. I would argue that that's God speaking to you, even if it's somebody who doesn't even know him. God often uses people to, to, to share his love, his compassion with us. Uh, forgiveness. You know, if I've messed up. And this happens a lot in marriage, for instance. I mess up. I probably messed up yesterday. I'm sorry, honey. I don't know what it was for, but I'm sure I messed up yesterday. Uh, so I'm sorry. I probably didn't do something that I should have done. Um, but, you know, it's, it's when Megan forgives me, uh, when we have that dynamic, and when somebody else in general forgives me, um, that is very much so God forgiving me. I think there there I know there's a scripture that says you know if if you don't forgive them their sins i won't forgive them if i if you forgive them, I will forgive them right so God uses other people to forgive and to and he works through other people um, and I mentioned encouragement already, so those three things why do we even bother with relationship because we're made to be in relationship with others uh we we learn to relate to God as we learn to relate to others. And God often uses other people to uh, relate to us directly, I guess indirectly. Okay, so the last thing I want to say about relationship before I get into a very practical th- thing that we can do, the first thing that I would say we can do to, um, to build friendships, to build relationships, uh, is that in general, um, if we're in an open community, and what I mean by that, if, if uh, as a, a church community, we don't close our do- doors off to certain people, we leave our doors open, and we're surrounded by people that, aren't, that are not exactly like us. You know, There are certainly some church communities out there that, that have a, a very homogenous group of people. That's true, and it happens a lot on Sunday morning. Um, but if we're truly an open church community, then we're going to have a variety of people coming in our doors and spending time with us. And they're not all going to be just like us, right? Is that fair to say? Right. And again, this is different than... Thank you, Roger. Yes. And this is different... <laughs> you felt that awkwardness in the room? Um, and this is different than like the Elks Club or, you know... Um, the derby team or whatever it may be, you know, it's, you know, where you have a a bunch of like fairly close, not close, fairly, um, people that have very similar goals and and are kind of in a similar place in life and want to pursue the same thing. And you tend to, uh, to have like little clicks and so forth that can happen. Um, but in an open church community, we ought to be around people that aren't exactly like us. And what happens when I relate to people that aren't exactly like me Has anybody ever heard of that proverb? There's a proverb, 2717, from Solomon. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You get this picture of um, people rubbing into each other, right? You you think about iron sharpening iron. Is there a little friction there maybe sometimes? Just a little friction? Yeah, so when I'm around people that aren't exactly like me, I'm more likely to, to, to rub against them. They're going to rub against me, I'm going to rub against them, and guess what? I'll either fall apart or I'll grow, and I'll grow a lot because I'm around people that aren't exactly like me. And that's the last thing I want to say about relationship is that if, if we truly are an open church community, then we ought to embrace uh, growth through relating to others that aren't exactly like us. Maybe even people that, eh, I don't really want to talk to so-and-so today. Those are great relationships to dig into because we can grow a ton through those relationships okay so where do we start with all this where do we start with with building great friendships that last well the first step I would say to building great friendships is uh, yeah putting yourself in a place to meet other people right It just goes, it just makes sense. If you want to build good friendships, then you need to be around other people that you're going to be able to build friendships with, right? Is that fair? Even if it's over some internet chat room or uh, eHarmony or whatever it may be, you know, right? Facebook, yeah, but you got to be, you got to put yourself in position to be exposed to other people and to meet with them and to meet them and spend time with them. And again, I go back to that's why we do small groups. That's a big part of the reason why we do small groups, Uh, men's groups, women's groups, whatever it may be. It's an opportunity for us because Sunday morning, these 90 minutes or so that we spend together really aren't enough. It's not enough to build deep, lasting, long-term, meaningful, life-giving relationships. It's just not. Has anybody been able to do that just just coming Sunday morning to uh, whether this church or another community that you, you know of in your lifetime? Have you been able to build deep, meaningful, powerful, life-changing relationships by just seeing people on Sunday alone? Has it happened? No, probably not. Yeah. So, again, it's, it's, uh, it's getting ourselves out there, putting ourselves in position to be around people um, on a regular basis. Okay, and the second step, which is what I want to dig into more today, is I just say invest. It's invest, invest, invest. If we want to build deep, meaningful relationships, which we, we know that God has called us to that sort of thing, then we need to invest ourselves. And there's three things that I want to talk about today um, that have to do with investing. It's investing our time, investing our heart, and investing through sacrifice. So let's, let's, go, into, um, let's go into time. When I was, let's see, catch myself up here. When I was, uh, before Megan and I came here to Charlottesville, we were uh, in Evanston, um, Illinois. So just the one suburb north of Chicago. And uh, we were, um, well, I was pastoring the, the 20-somethings ministry at uh, the Evanston Vineyard. And this was probably, I don't know, 120, 130 people um, so I got to spend a lot of time with young 20 somethings, like a lot of time, a lot, a lot, a lot of time. And, uh, and I was not long before that, a young 20 something myself, believe it or not, even though I'm an old man now, I was once a young 20 something, um, and one of the things that I learned about the, the young 20-somethings that hadn't really dawned on me when I was going through that stage um, was that um, one of the biggest shocks, I think, that you face when you're coming out of, whether it's um, a, a, you know, high school or you're coming out of college or some environment where you're around people 24-7, 365, well, it feels like that sometimes, right, uh, where you're in school and you're around people all the time. Uh, For me in college, when I I lived with my roommates, I mean, I was around those guys nonstop, it felt like. You know, we would go to parties together. We would often walk to class together. We would eat together. We would go on uh, weekend trips together, those sorts of things. We were around each other all the time. So the, one of the biggest shocks for people when they come out of that sort of life and, and come into, say, a, a like a working situation where they're working 40, 50 hours a week, and then they've got maybe a couple other priorities, and then they've got their friends, is just trying to figure out how to make new friends. That's a hard thing to do because there's a huge difference when you're spending that much time day in and day out with people. You know, For me, it even took time when I was with them – All the time. When I was with these guys all the time, it still took time to build deep relationships with them. You know, it it probably was a couple years into college before I felt like, wow, I had a a couple of really close friends, you know. Um, And if it took that long in that kind of a context where, I mean, I am surrounded by these guys all the time. If it took that much time in college, just think about how much time it takes to build good, deep, meaningful, life-changing relationships when you're trying to figure out where to fit somebody in on your schedule. There's going to be a massive difference, right? And that was one of the things that, again, going back to uh, when I was doing that ministry, I ran into that over and over and over. People kind of hit this wall. It's like, wow, you know, um, my friends are sort of scattered to the wind. We're all around the country or wherever we are. And I'm having such a hard time building deep relationships with other people, building, building my friendship base back up. Uh, and that's you know, what can you say? It takes an investment of time to build deep friendships. Absolutely, it does. And again, I go back to it's not just ninety minutes every Sunday. Where honestly, most of the time you're not even interacting with each other. You're interacting with worship with God. You're interacting um, with me as I'm as I'm talking or whoever's talking. Um, so uh, it takes a ton of time, right? All right, so that's, that's the first thing. And, and if you look at the way Jesus modeled his relationship with his disciples, um, just a brief story, Jesus had 12 disciples, and these 12 disciples spent about three years with Jesus during his public ministry. And we know that Jesus traveled around with them. He spent every day with these guys, right, just about, every day. So day in and day out for three years, Jesus was investing his time in the lives of these young men. That's a lot of time. It's pretty pretty massive investment, would you say? Yeah? Does anybody here have three years you can just invest in 12 other people? No? Okay, I don't. I, I shouldn't raise my hand. No, but that's a lot of time, and that's, and that's what it took for Jesus to really build a deep, meaningful relationship with those guys. Now, he probably had that earlier than the three years, but uh, nonetheless, that's how much time he put into that relationship. But even time isn't enough, is it? You know, you think about um, your work relationships. How many of you have been at um, your place of work for, let's say, more than two years? A, f- a few of us, okay. So if you've been around these people for more than two years or, or in school for more than two years, how about that? Anybody been through a school situation, elementary school, junior high, for more than two years? I'm the, Oh, me and Chelsea? Oh, Karen, all right, all right, all right. So there's a few of us. All right, so even in those situations when you're around people as much as you are, let's say at work, for instance, you're around people 40, 45 hours a week, there's still going to be some people that you're just sort of acquaintances with, right? Now, you wouldn't say they're deep, close friends, would you? But even though you've been around them that much time, right? So it's not just time that we invest in in, in relationship that is going to give the return of a deep, meaningful, life-changing friendship, right? So the next thing is... Invest your heart. So what do I mean by that? I would say building strong friendships requires an investment of our hearts. This is to the point that we actually love and we care for the other person. This is uh, where we want good things for the other person, even if it may mean something not so great for us. This is where we allow them into, and I'll steal some language from Megan, counseling language, where we allow them into the deep places of our hearts. There she is. (laughs) <laughs> she taught me that language she she uh, is a counselor and when we first met she taught me a lot of the language of counseling which I just was totally unfamiliar with and she used to talk about going places I was like where are we going she's like I want you to come to this place with me you know and sort of like this sort of beautiful poetic language of like yeah I want to let you into my heart and I didn't understand are we going to the mall <laughs> yes right? And sometimes it felt like Six Flags roller coaster. Woo-hoo. Okay. So nonetheless, we invest our hearts, right? If we, ever, if we never let someone in past the surface, so past the weather, sports, whatever it may be, if we never let somebody in past that surface, uh, how can we truly expect to build lasting relationships, lasting friendships? It just won't happen. So we need to invest our hearts. And a great place to start uh, something that, that I always suggest to people, a great place to start is just telling your story. And we don't need to start too deep. We don't need to go into like, oh, here's my deepest, darkest sin. You know, how you doing? My name's Joe. Here's my deepest, darkest sin. Like that's a little freaky, right? When somebody does that to you. So maybe, you know, maybe you start with just telling your story. Like, hey, here's where I grew up. Here's, you know, here's some of the things about me. and and you, And you listen to their story. And you start there. You start a little bit more, just a little bit below the surface. And eventually, as you, as you hear more of their story, as you share more of yours, uh, you get to those points where, where you lead to more present-day stories, call it that. So instead of the past stories, it's the present-day stories. It's, you know, what's going on in my life right now? Um, you start to get to those conversations. What, what's really hard for me right now? What's been, uh, what's been absolutely amazing this last year for me? Because you know, sometimes it's even hard to share that stuff because, you you know, you don't want somebody to, like, burst your bubble, right? Oh, it was so great. You know, I just love doing this thing. And somebody's like, oh, that's kind of silly. Oh, then your bubbles burst, right? But getting to those kinds of conversations where we're sharing our hearts with, with another person, we're sharing those passions. What's inspiring me right now? What's What am I afraid of right now? Sounds a lot like sharing your heart, doesn't it? So this is the second thing. It's investing our hearts. And, and we don't want to lose sight of the importance of listening to others. If you cannot develop the skill of listening, you're going to have a very hard time uh, becoming a good friend with someone. It's going to be very one-sided if you can't listen. So practice that. Uh, it, and it's not on my slides. but uh, you know, if, you want to become, if you want to build strong relationships with others, if you want to build good friendships, you have to learn to listen. Listen to their story. Listen to their uh, desires, their longings. Listen to their uh, fears, their sorrows. Listen to it. And don't, as you're listening, try to think of the next thing to say. And don't, as you're listening, try to think of uh, something that you did that was worse or something you did that was better or something that you did was harder. You know, Don't try to think of those things and then wait and then cut them off at the last sentence just before they're done with their last word and say, Oh, I did this. Okay, good, good for you, but now you're not going to be great friends, right? So learn, if you want to be good friends, learn to listen. <laughs> you know, I'll, say, I'll, just, I'll just say this. There's, there's very little in my own life that's more powerful than when Megan uh, notices that I'm having either a hard time or something's going on. And she 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 just she knows what's going on. She can, uh, in in some ways, you know, we say you you can read their mind. It's not reading their mind. She just knows me that well that she sees what I'm gone through, going through. She sees what a tough day I've had, and she can just say uh, one thing, you know, that's just really super encouraging and just like lifts my spirit. There's there's nothing more powerful than an encouraging word from a very close friend. And Megan and I would never have been at the point where. Uh, where she's able to just say one thing and lift me up if I never shared my heart with her, if she didn't know me that well. She just wouldn't be able to do that. She'd be able to say, oh, I hope you feel better. It's Like, oh, thanks. (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs) You know? It just wouldn't happen without that deep um, level of of sharing each other's hearts and investing our hearts in each other. Okay, so the third thing is um, investing by sacrifice. And this can be any number of things. It can be uh, physical, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, um, just about anything, any aspect we can think of for ourselves. It's, it's about sacrificing for other people. Uh, when Megan and I were living back in Chicago again, we had some very close friends. And um, there was one night where Megan and I had just gotten in bed. And our friend um, Jenny, her husband, was, uh, was away. He was out of town or something like that. And um, so Megan and I are laying down in bed, and we're just about asleep, and then the phone rings. And it's Jenny. And uh, she and her husband were, were trying to get pregnant. I think it was their first, first child they were trying for. And they were having a hard time. They had been having a hard time for a good long time. So they had gotten to the point where they had to take um, injections, hormone injections. And um, Jenny had to get a hormone injection right in the rear end. Okay, and that's very hard to do if you're by yourself. (laughs) I'm sure there's a few of us in here that could do that, but it's very hard to do. First of all, I could not give myself a shot, period. Just, I don't care where it is, I wouldn't be able to do it. It grosses me out. But uh, our friend Jenny needed a shot right, you know, right back there. And we're sleeping, but okay, so now we're awake. Oh, what's going on? And she calls and asks if we could do this massive favor, get in our cars, drive over to her house, uh, which is in the city. So there's no parking. So we had to tag team it. It's not like one of us could go. We had to parallel par- or, um, double park. And one of us, well, obviously not me, Megan, go in <laughs> and administer the shot, right? <laughs> so we do that. We get in our car. We drive over to their house. I'm sitting there in the, in the street, you know, fending off traffic. And Megan's running upstairs, takes the shot out, and, you know, bam, right there. And she had never done that before. She's not a doctor. She's not. Chelsea can confirm that. She's not, right? Chelsea knows all the doctors in town. Uh, So talk about sacrifice. Sacrificing your comfort, sacrificing sleep, and sacrificing maybe a little modesty, right? Right? Uh, that's what we did. We did those sorts of things with this particular couple because we we, we were becoming very close, deep friends with them. And that was, it was a no-brainer for us at that point. Like, of course we'll do that. Of course we'll go help you. Yeah, of course we want you to have this child. Of course we want good things for you, and uh, we want to give you shots, absolutely. Uh, And how, you know, to to transition, how did did Jesus know that, um, or how did Jesus' disciples, I should say, know that he loved them? any, any thoughts on that? How do we know that Jesus loves us? Just one of the ways. Yeah. And does it have anything to do with the third point down there? Any, any thoughts on that? (laughs) I'll say it. He sacrificed, right? Um, John 15, verses 12 to 13 say, My command is this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus, the disciples know that Jesus loves them because he lays his life down for them. Now, we can, we can interp- that, interpret that very woodenly and say, okay, laying your life down, that means we have to die for somebody in order to show our love for them. I would argue that we can interpret it a little bit more loosely than that. And say that laying down our life can be any form of sacrifice for another person. It could be giving up something that we really value for another person, right? Uh, For their greater good. So it could be dropping plans for the evening. You know, you were excited about going out and seeing Clash of the Titans. But I'm going to drop those plans because I've got a friend in need, right? And I'm going to go listen to them. I'm going to go talk to them. Or I'm going to go help them move, whatever it may be. That's sacrifice. It's um, giving up football tickets or, or concert tickets to a friend who you know really needs a pick-me-up and would really love to be at that show or that game, right? It's, um, it's letting go of a pet peeve, you know, like, hey, if I, uh, if I loan this item, this CD or tool or whatever it may be to this friend, I, I'm pretty confident it's not going to come back in great shape, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's sacrifice. Um, it's losing a little sleep every now and then. Those are the sorts of things, you know, Jesus, of course, laid down his life literally, but when he talks about laying down uh, down our lives, it can be uh, things like that where we actually sacrifice uh, things that are important to us for, for the benefit of other people. So we invest in others through sacrifice. We invest in others through time, through giving up our time, and we invest in others through giving part of our heart. I um, want to close with just a, a, a if you want to call it a story, just tell you that when, uh, again, before we moved here, um, I was in a I was in a men's group. There were four of us, and we had gotten together for about two and a half years, pretty much every week. Uh, and we had gotten to the point where we would go on you know camping trips and that sort of thing together, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but we, by the time I had gotten through to the end of this men's group, uh, I had three very, very what I'd say very, very close friends, people that I felt when I was around. Um, changed me. They encouraged me. Um, I felt uh, like I was stronger because of them. I felt like I was a better man because of these guys. Um, And Megan can attest to that. She she encouraged every week. She's like, no, no, you're not taking a rest this week. You're going to men's group. Um, And I would say that over those two and a half years, we invested time every week for two and a half years, we invested our hearts. We shared some of the most, some of the deepest, most uh, vulnerable stuff with each other. I mean, the deep, dark stuff we shared with each other, and we sh- and we shared by uh, by sacrificing for one another. We had gotten to the point where now we were also accountability with each other. So accountability for guys' stuff, and if anybody messed up, the rest of us would go running at like five in the morning for them. I mean, that's sacrifice, isn't it? No. Some of you are like, I run at 5 in the morning every day. No big deal. Well, for me, that was a big deal. (laughs) Getting up at 5 in the morning in a cold Chicago winter. Bill can relate to that. Not 5 in the morning, but a cold Chicago winter. That is not fun. So we sacrifice often for each other. And that, I think, in the end, there's, there's no strong relationship. There's no way we can build deep, meaningful friendships without investment.